Welcome to The First Draft Club, a podcast to help you write your book with joy, clarity, and maybe a few coffee stains. If you're working on a novel or a memoir, whether you haven't written creatively since seventh grade English or you have an MFA in creative writing, this podcast is for you. I am here to help you fight through resistance and finish your draft. I'm Mary Atkins. You can find my three novels, When You Read This, Privilege, and Palm Beach, at your favorite bookstore. If you live in Nashville, you might run into me at the local farmer's market on a Saturday morning. I'll be the one chasing the four-year-old who's just stolen the bell that signals the start of the market. That is a true story. (laughs) Each episode of this podcast, I will be tackling a hot writing topic from how to write when you aren't inspired to how to get a literary agent. I'll share my strategies for tackling questions and problems that all authors face as we make our way to the final page. Each episode is short. We get in and we get out so you can get back to your life and your writing. And this season, you can check out the video versions of my podcast episodes on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch, just go to the episode description where you'll find the link to my channel. Have you gotten my free training on how to write your dream book with a full-time job and a life? I want to send it to you. If you're working on a novel or memoir, this one-hour training will change your writing life. And I really mean that. I'm not being hyperbolic. Just go to thebookincubator.com to apply for my program, The Book Incubator. The application is only two questions plus your contact information. And if you're accepted, I'll send you the free training along with information on the program with no obligation to enroll. You get the free training walking you through my process of writing a book no matter what. And you will love it. Trust me. So go to thebookincubator.com. It takes less than five minutes and will be well worth your time. Okay, with that, let's get to the episode. Today, I want to share with you my personal journey of writing my first book. One of the reasons I love sharing tips about writing and mentoring writers through my book incubator program is that it took me 99 years to write my first book. And by that, I mean, it took me six, but it felt like 99 and I don't want that for you. So I'm going to walk you through a few of the mistakes that I made when I was working on my first draft before you know, I, I actually was able to write the one that, that sold and then my two after that. So that hopefully, you know, you don't have to make the same mistakes. All right. So here are the, the kind of top few mistakes I made and what finally happened when I stopped making them. The first was that I created a life in which I had no time to write. And I, you know, I really mean it, like no time to write. I was a lawyer. I had gone to law school because I was interested in the law and I thought being a lawyer would be fun. And I thought that I could write on the side, but that did not happen. I found myself in a a corporate litigation job where I barely, you know, barely had time to do my job and sleep, much less also write. So Shortly after becoming a lawyer, um, I was actually a lawyer for less than a year, super short tenure in the, in the legal field. I quit. I left my job because I didn't have time to write. And that's what I wanted to be doing. I, I was very aware all of the sudden that it really was my life's calling. It's what I was, I was like here to do. That's how it felt. And so that's what I did. Now, 
I'm not saying you have to quit your job, especially if you're a lawyer. I'm not telling all the lawyers out there to quit their jobs. But the question is, how can you carve out time? If writing matters to you, that's going to be important. From my experience, you know, it's not going to stop mattering to you. Writing is not something that's going to stop mattering to you. It's not something that goes away. So how can you carve out time and find a way for it? Way, way to make it part of your life, whether it's in the morning, you know, before work or during your lunches or in the evenings, these don't have to be big chunks of time. They can be small pockets. The second mistake I made was relying on feedback um, too early and from the wrong people and relying on it too much. Lots of, lots of too much is here. Um, too much feedback too early and from the wrong people. When I left law, when I left my law job and I decided I was going to launch, you know, launch a writing career, I was going to do this thing. Naturally, I signed up for writing classes because I didn't know how to write a book. I especially didn't know how to write a novel. I started a novel draft in a writing class I was taking. And the way this class was set up, you know, and I've since learned that, that most writing classes are also set up this way was that you, you submitted pages of your draft to the others in the class and your peers gave you feedback. So I submitted maybe 10 or 15 pages of this novel opening that was really just a new idea. You know, I, I really didn't have much more than those pages yet. It was just something I was experimenting with. And what I got back were tons of comments from, you know, 13 or 14 classmates about everything I needed to kind of quote unquote fix in these pages. I remember sitting there and reading comments like, where's the inciting incident? You know, and this scene feels like it goes on a little long. And I don't know if I need this much description. You know, what's this character's motivation here? And I remember thinking, is this how writing works? <laughs> is this how fiction writing works? I didn't even know what the story was yet. Was I just supposed to like now stop writing and incorporate what Ralph and Sarah from my writing class had told me that they liked or didn't like? You know, especially when they also had not published a book and presumably not even written novels yet. Like I, I didn't know if I should listen to them, but it seemed like I was supposed to because that's how the entire class was designed. It was all very confusing and I didn't know what to do. So I just took everyone's feedback. I took the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments from my peers and I mushed it into my draft. I especially took any feedback from the instructor and I did this for years, for years. I took writing classes and I just kept writing to try to please all of these people in my writing classes. When I finally stopped doing this, it was a moment that I remember very vividly because it was sort of my rock bottom as a writer. I was sitting in one of these writing classes. It was online. So it was on my couch. And this time it was the instructor. It was not an actual peer in my class. She was a, um, a highly accomplished editor who was teaching this novel writing class. And in this moment, she was giving me a full rundown of exactly what she thought should come next in my novel. You know, And then this character should do this. And then, then this character should do this. And then this should happen. And then this should happen. And it was surreal. I, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, th this is not the book I'm writing. Like you're, you're, you just took it over. You just started, you are now writing a book and it's not the book that I'm writing. She was writing a different book than the one that I was writing. And suddenly it occurred to me that, well, let me back up for a second. When I was getting married, which was actually not, um, 
not, not that far from this exact moment that I'm telling you about. Um, but when I, when I started to plan a wedding, a friend of mine who had gotten married a few years earlier told me, you know, you, she said, you're not going to think you have opinions about your wedding until you realize what you don't want, because people are going to start suggesting things or, or telling you things that are going to happen. And you think, Oh, absolutely not. You know, <laughs> like you don't think you have a definite vision, but you, when you, when you start to see what you don't want, you realize, Oh, I must have a vision because I can very definitely say, I don't want that. This moment was kind of like that as this instructor spoke, I realized everything she was saying was something I did not want in my book. That was not the book I was writing. And since I could recognize what I didn't want, it meant I must actually have an idea of what I did want. And I had not been honoring that. And as I thought about that, I realized that I don't know why it took me this long to have this epiphany, but I was the only one who had the vision. No one else had a vision for this book. This book had to come from me. And I had not been writing it for me. I had been writing it to try to please everyone around me. So I dropped out of that writing class. I went off on a writing retreat and I rewrote the entire draft in about a week. I mean, it was like super fast. It just came pouring out once I finally unleashed. It wasn't very long. It was a really, really short draft. Um, I rewrote it very quickly. Uh, but within about six weeks of finishing that draft, I got a an agent, my literary agent, who's still my literary agent. And that was essentially, you know, we, we worked on it a bit, a bit more, but the bones were there. That was the version of my book that sold at auction in the United States, meaning multiple publishers bid on it. Um, and that sold in, in, you know, a bunch of countries around the world. So what's the takeaway here? Don't try to write your book to please others. You have to remember that you are the only one with the vision. Is there a time and place for feedback? Yes, but typically it's after you have finished a draft of your book, especially when it comes to peers. Okay. You may want to get feedback from another expert, like an editor or a writing instructor or a mentor earlier in the process. That can certainly be helpful, but that's because those are people who give writing advice for a living you know, we, we, and I, I put myself into this category because I, I, I have learned how to give feedback to someone early in the drafting process as well. We know how to do it. We've literally been trained to do it. Anyone else, Larry, Joan, Harry, your sister, your brother-in-law, your ex-boyfriend, you know, you don't want to share your story with them until you have finished a full draft of that story, no matter how long it is. And if it's a full book, I do mean the full book. That's my very opinionated my very opinionated opinion. <laughs> That's my very, very um, opinionated stance. Hey, before I go on, I just want to interrupt myself to say that if you are loving this podcast, you can find a lot more where this came from on my YouTube channel, which is linked to in the episode notes of this episode. You can also learn about working with me on your book by going to thebookincubator.com. Okay, back to the episode. All right. The third mistake and, and last mistake I want to talk about making was that I did not view literary agents as actual people. As I was writing and rewriting my book based on feedback I was getting in these writing classes, I was also pitching my book to literary agents. In the publishing world, you're going to need a literary agent to get your book published. Almost everybody does. I mean, there are a couple of exceptions. You know, if you maybe go to a small publisher or if you choose to self-publish, 
But if you want a publisher to buy your book from you and and publish it for you, 99% of the time, you need a literary agent, which who, who is the person who's will pitch your book to publishers. Now, here's the thing. I knew that much. I mean, I knew I needed a literary agent, but I'm embarrassed to admit that I thought the way I got a literary agent was basically by being a spammer. I thought I could just write a template, you know, email and send the same one out, the same mass email to all the literary agents that I found in a database. It was terrible. It's embarrassing to remember now because this was not treating them like human beings. You know, of course it doesn't work. It, it, it worked about as well as spam works because it essentially was spam. The right way to pitch literary agents is to treat them like people, meaning do your research and, and figure out who are the people in this field who represent books like the one that you wrote or are writing. What do they want to hear from you? They, they put this information on their website. It is always readily available and not even that hard to find, but it does take a little bit of work to find them. And, and yes, it, it's going to take you more time than mass emailing a template, but it's also the only way that actually works and can be successful. So in that way, you know, it's kind of like you, you get what you, uh, you get back what you put in. My literary agent and I, by the way, had a, a pretty long back and forth before she ever signed me. She wanted to see me make some revisions on my book before she was comfortable representing me. She actually turned me down three times. It was, you know, a little bit like a like a biblical parable. <laughs> um, she turned me down three times and on the fourth knock. Uh, but but every time she gave me thoughts on how I could improve the manuscript. And by the third or third or fourth, honestly, I kind of lose track. Um, time she read it, she, she did say, you know, this is it. You've nailed it. Like you've, you've nailed it. You've finally done it. Let's do this. And I'm still with her today. So once you find the right person, your relationship with your literary agent can be a, a really wonderful, long lasting relationship, but you may, you know, not, you may, you will have to put in the work to find that person. So those were my three big mistakes. I hope you have learned some from this episode. Happy writing. If you're still listening, I'm guessing that you're writing a book or want to write a book. And if so, I want to hear from you because when I'm not writing, my mission in life is to help writers write their dream books. I love it. I live for it. Because before I published my novels, I first had to figure out how to write one. And this wasn't easy because none of the writing classes I had taken had shown me how to actually write a novel. It wasn't until I had a newborn at home and only a little bit of time to write every day that I came up with a process. And that process worked. I wrote my entire novel during my eight-week maternity leave. Now I teach that process in my program, The Book Incubator, and it has worked for dozens of other writers. If you're curious to know more and to see if maybe this is the right fit for you, I have a free video walking you through my process for writing a book, and you can get it by going to thebookincubator.com and just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you're looking for. So go to thebookincubator.com, fill out the short form, and you'll hear from me within 72 hours. Happy writing. Thanks for listening and see you next week.